just like I told you guys, the year for professional wrestling starts at Wrestle Kingdom. And Wrestle Kingdom, nights one and two, are in the history books. New rivalries are starting. New challengers have emerged. New champions have been crowned. Former champions have been dethroned. And there are a lot of big changes that are coming to New Japan Pro Wrestling as of what happened at Wrestle Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mark Morell, also known as Mark Knight. One half of the most illustrious tag team in the universe, along with Dietrich Davis, a.k.a. the world boss, a.k.a. King Boom Ba Yay, which means King Killem, the watcher of professional wrestling. We are Dark Side's most favorite and important podcast while he's sitting on Apocalypse listening to this. And of course... We are the foundation of the source wall. We thank you for tuning in to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. If you're listening to us on your favorite stream, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Why did I say Google Podcasts three times? Excuse me. Minus two equals one. Plus Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox, Attic, Deezer, Tuned In. We thank you for tuning in to... This program, ladies and gentlemen, Wrestle Kingdom was exciting, and I'm glad that some things have come out of it. Um, most of the predictions that I did give in my opinions, most of it didn't come true. However, I'm not mad. Um, I'm glad that a good portion of what I called happened, and I'm going to run it down to you. The best way that I can. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We had two days of Wrestle Kingdom. So we're going to start off on Monday's show, night one. We're going to start off with the New Japan Rumble. And the ramification of the New Japan Rumble was that four men would remain and they would get a shot at the 2021. King of Pro Wrestling Trophy. And these were the wrestlers that were involved in the match. Started with Chase Owens, Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, Yuji Nagata, Toa Hinare, Yuji, Na excuse Yuji Nagata, Yujiro Takahashi, Makabe Togi, Yoshihashi, like I said that, Tomaki Hanma, Rocky Romero, Doki, Show, Bushi, Tiger Mask, Bad Luck Fale, Gabriel Kidd, Yuya Imura, Yoda Suji, and of course, Yano Toru. Now, that was a good match between all of these guys. Uh, the individual with the most eliminations out of this match was Toa Hinare. Um, but in the end, it came down to Chase, Bad Luck Fale, Bushi, and Yano Toru. And the winners would go on, well, the winners of this match, these men, would go on to face one another on night two for the trophy. So now, we start off with the show with the comedian Noritake Kanishi, who was Don Kanishi at the, um, of the event. And uh, we had a lot of good stuff going on, going on in this event. You had um, Ricky Choshu come out as the special announcer with his grandson, so that was good to see him. And so we start off with the first match, El Fantasmo versus Yujiro, I mean, Hiromu Takahashi, about to say Yujiro. I don't know why I'm saying Yujiro. I'm thinking of the Tokyo Pimp. That's the wrong guy. Yujiro Takahashi, these guys, for the opening contest, you got what you paid for. These guys stole the goddamn show. Just about everything that these guys were doing. It was just incredible. Um, El Fantasmo definitely deserves a big round of applause for his work inside the ring last 
you know, yesterday. He did a fantastic job. And uh, I can't wait to see him and Hiromu go at it for the junior heavyweight title down the road. But once it does, it's going to be a good match. But if it's going to be anything like the match from last night, oh, trust me, these guys did everything. Phantasmo hit every single Bullet Club leader move that you could think of. The Rise of the Terminator. He did the Styles Clash. I think he went to go for Bloody Sunday. Um, there was a spot where there was a, um Avalanche Frankensteiner into a body splash off the top rope. And it was Yujiro uh, getting a win with a counter out of the Hurricane Rana going to the, uh, to the pinfall to get the, the three count and to go on to win the match. And he goes on to face Taji Shimori for night two. IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Dangerous Techers. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi taking on Gorillas of Destiny. This match was what I said it was going to be. It was a complete, complete, complete brawl. A fight. It was everything that you could think of. It was a lot of technical wrestling. There was a lot of hard-hitting moves between both teams. And in the end, Tai Chi went to utilize the Iron Fingers. But instead, Tongaloa ended up uh, getting his hands on the uh, Iron Fingers and utilized it to crack Tai Chi upside the head to lay him out. For the one, two, three, and the Gorillas of Destiny are the brand new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They finally broke the curse. They finally won a Wrestle Kingdom, and they walked out as the Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. First, they walk in um, as the World Tag League Trophy winners, and then they walked out retaining, and actually, actually not retaining, but regaining the tag team championships. Now, the last time that the Gorillas were the tag team champions, it was back in February of 2020 when they dropped the belts to Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi at Currican Hall. So now, G.O.D. are the tag team champions. And it's such a good feeling to see these members of the Bullet Club hold on to the Tag team belts to win the tag belts and do a good job. So it almost looked like it could have been a complete Bullet Club party. So Bullet Club that night went 0-1. Um, and we go on to the next match. Rights for the U.S. Championship. Contendership match. Kenta defeating... Sakoshi Kojima. Now, Kojima put his work in. He really did. It was a great match. But before the match took place, a video promo came up on the screen of the Tokyo Dome. Inside the ring, there was a man holding the championship belt. And then you hear the ominous readings of the Bible, where they're talking about, behold, the pale horse. And on that horse was the Pale Horseman, the Death Rider. And as the lights flickered on, inside the ring where New Japan Pro Wrestling film is New Japan Strong, stands the U.S. heavyweight champion, John Moxley, issuing a challenge to let both men know that if you win this match, I'm coming for you. Don't worry about coming for me. I'm coming for you. So John Moxley made an appearance at Wrestle Kingdom yesterday. Everybody was hoping, speculating, because at one point you heard that John Moxley wasn't going to be at Wrestle Kingdom this year. But lo and behold, Moxley showed up. But he showed up in the New Japan um, Strong Arena where they do the matches at. And he was there. Now, like I said, Kojima put up a big fight, showing everybody why the third-generation star still has what it takes 
to keep up with the best of them. And he came really, 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 really close. And in the end, it seems like Kenta was going to rely on using the briefcase to get an easy win. Kojima countered that with a lariat to the briefcase, knocking it out of his hands. And went to go for the lariat again. But Kenta outmaneuvered him and hit it with the GTS and got the win over Satoshi Kojima. Now he goes on to take on John Moxley on a future date for the U.S. Heavyweight title. I still say have Kenta go over to AEW. Or if you're going to bring Mox up in, in Japan, you got to do something. So hopefully it should be at the anniversary show or something. They got to come up with something. Then the next match was the Great Okan challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, Okan, he did his thing. He could have did a little bit more better. He was nervous, um, but this was his first time on a big stage. But he had a pretty decent hiding against Tanahashi. Wrestle Kingdom is still Tanahashi's show. And like I called it, Tanahashi got the pinfall over um, the great Okan. Tanahashi kind of looked like the Tanahashi of old. Hitting Okan with two high fly flows to get the win and the cover to defeat the great Okan in his matchup. So we don't know what's next for Tanahashi, but Tanahashi is now moving on to something else. But I see some things coming out of that, so bear with me, and I'll get to talking about some of those things later. In the semi-main event, Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada. Now, the kingdom definitely was showing out tonight, but it just wasn't the kingdom's night. Kazuchika Okada backs Osprey into the ropes and goes for the clean break. Um, Bea Priestley came out there, getting close to getting knocked out. And there were several times where Osprey was um, utilizing a lot of the um, heel tactics that he's now applying to his resume. Um, he goes outside, he pulls the padding off the ground, looking to um, drop Okada on the back of his neck, but that didn't work. Um, he goes for the Pip Pip Cheerio forearm, gets a two count on Okada. Osprey hits a, um, another backdrop in a heavy rain. He gets caught out there with that. And then from there, Okada counters with drop kicks and applies the money clip. And just when it seems like Osprey was really going to pull this one out, um, they both countered each other with tombstones. They did all sorts of stuff, man. They pulled out everything. This is a good match. I want you guys to go definitely take a look at this match. But in the end, Okada hits the Rainmaker not once but twice on Will Ospreay to get the win. So the Empire went 0 for 0 for the night. And um, they put up a good showing. But it just wasn't the Empire's night. But this feud is far from over, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. You'll definitely see that going forward. And for the main event, for the double championship, Naito Tetsuya lost the double titles to Kota Ibushi. Great match. I can't really describe it in words, but it was like magic inside that ring. Every time that Naito and Kota Ibushi get inside the ring, they really pull off a lot of good stuff. They did everything, man. That's all I could tell you. They did everything. It reminded me of not only the match that they had at Madison Square Garden in 2019, but it also reminds me of the New Japan Cup matches, the G1 Climax matches that they've had over the years. Kota and Naito, they're always having spectacular matches. There was two Destino attempts, and Naito hit those. But Kota kicked out. And then there was the step up in Zaguri. And going towards the end of the match. Kota Ibushi hit two Kamagoyes. To lay out. Naito Tetsuya. To win 
the IWGP Double Crown, the Intercontinental, and the Heavyweight Championships. Now, he is the man who is known as God. He won his championships. He is now the double champion. Now, at the end of the match, Naito takes the belts from Red Shoes, and then he gives the titles to Kota Ibushi, then he leaves the ring. And then Jay White comes out, makes an appearance, and warns Kota Ibushi that he will have those belts for one night. And he's looking forward to exposing Ibushi for the fraud that he is. Ibushi looked forward to defending those belts in night two of the main event against Jay White. And he mentions that he will officially become God if he retains the titles. Now, like I said, that was a pretty damn good match between... Kota and Naito I think that um, when you guys thoroughly watch this match or you see it because the replays are available if you subscribe to New Japan World and or if you um, subscribe to Fight TV you can watch those um, on unlimited replays there I think you will enjoy the match if you are a fan of Naito and if you are a um, fan of um, Kota Ibushi you definitely would enjoy the match alright so here we go ladies and gentlemen let's go into night two the opening contest on the pre-show was the starter match between um, Sayuri and Julia they defeated Maya Iwatani and Tam Nakano then you had um, Saya Kamatani, AZM, and Utami um, Ayashita defeating Micah, Natsupoi, and Hamika. That was a pretty decent match, but they didn't air those on the um, on the show. Then the opening contest was the Provisional KOPW Trophy Match 2021. Yano Toru retains and is the 2021 King of Pro Wrestling trophy winner, getting the uh, the victory with a low blow on both uh, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale, but pinning Bushi in the match to um, retain the trophy. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. Suzuki Goons, El Desperado, and Yoshinabu Kanamaru defeated Taguchi Ryusuke and Master Wato. It was a good match between both teams. So it wasn't that exciting like how I was kind of hoping to be. But the star of the match, the MVP of the match definitely was El Desperado. Wato did come out to play and Taguchi did good too. Kanamaro did all right. And, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from them. But it was El Desperado who was the star of this match. And he got the pinfall on Master Wado to retain the junior tag team belts. The Never Open Weight Championship match saw Jeff Cobb losing to Shingo Takagi to, you know, not capture the Never Open Weight title. Both guys fought their fucking hearts out it was a combination of what a good wrestling match should be it was a mix of the junior heavyweight style the heavyweight style smash mouth hoss fight technical wrestling i think this was like i would say the complete wrestling match they told a good story jeff cobb had um victories over shingo takagi but in the end they both utilized their strengths they both utilized everything in their arsenal. But in the end, it was Shingo Tataki with the Made in Japan to retain the Never Open Way title. In the special singles match, the two former LIJ members, Evil and Sonata, went one-on-one. It was a great match between both these guys. Um, number one contendership ramifications were also on the line in this match. And even with all of the shenanigans, 
that Dick Togo applied in this match. Evil and Dick Togo was no match for Sonata. This was Sonata's night. I'm glad that Sonata won this match. Sonata got the pinfall over his rival and his former tag partner. And now he's stepping up. And he's about to go to the next level now. So congratulations to Sonata for getting the win over on Evil. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Hiromu Takahashi defeated Taji Ishimori to regain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Now, I called this match that Hiromu was going to win this one. And it goes back to June when Hiromu lost the title to Taji Ishimori. Well, actually, July when he lost the belt. So, you have Hiromu, junior heavyweight champion, um, best of the super juniors, um, two years in a row, comes back, wins the um, trophy. Actually, two years in a row, he he wins the IWGP junior heavyweight title um, at both Wrestle Kingdoms last year and this year. He came in with a purpose, and he performed. He wrestled today. <laughs> and so did um, Taji Shimori. Taji has done pretty good as the junior champion, but nobody really wants to see a um, Taji Shimori ELP show. Um, even though it would have been a good match, it would have been crazy. But the face of the company as the junior heavyweight champion, Aromu, was the one that was winning this match. And at the end of the night, Hiromu hit the Time Bomb 2 to regain the Junior Heavyweight title. Now, they mentioned that Hiromu being the face of the Junior Heavyweight division, Hiromu now needs to do the one thing he has yet to do, and that was main event, the Junior Heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom. And if it goes... How it could possibly go. Maybe at next year's Wrestle Kingdom. Hiromu Takahashi will main event night one as the junior heavyweight champion. So that will be interesting to see how that turns out. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the final match. Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi and Jay White went at it 48 minutes, 5 seconds pulling out everything up underneath the sun to put on an all-star classic. It was a Kota Ibushi-style match. But Jay White came to play. Jay White pulled out all the stops. Jay White wrestled with his heart on his sleeve. Jay White bust his ass. But it was two Kamigoys to... In the match, and Kota Ibushi retained the double championships. And both men were still kind of laid out and groggy. It was at the point where Jay actually still thought that the match was going on. It was to the point to where he didn't know where he was. He was knocked silly. So in the end, Jay White loses. I was kind of hoping that Jay would have won, but Kota Ibushi retained in his first defense as the double champion. He retains the IWGP double championship, and he's going on to the next challenge. And the next challenge is in the form of Sonata. Sonata comes out at the end of the contest and says, champion, I wish to challenge you. I want to give the gift of pro wrestling to you. We've had a lot of good matches, and I think this will be the perfect time where you and I face off for the championships. Will you give me a shot? Kota Ibushi agreed and said, I will definitely wrestle you. I will wrestle you whenever, wherever, however. I'm willing to do it, and I'm willing to do it over and over and over again because 
we're going to give the people what they want when it comes down to a wrestling match between the both of us. So he says he's waiting on New Japan to make the to make the match, and when it happens, it's going to go down. Now, I think that um, Kota Ibushi and Sonata are going to face off, not at the new beginning. I think that he is going to face off with Sonata at Dominion. But if not, if not a Dominion, it's definitely not going to be the new beginning. I think it's going to be Dominion, right? I believe it's, I believe it's either going to be that or Power Struggle. I believe that's going to be the main event for that. I would love to see it for those events because those are really huge. Now, this would be the time where they can do these tag matches, let them do their preview matches, get their the filling in or whatever, whatever. Um, maybe they might squeeze in a rematch between him and Naito, or they might do something with him and Evil. Who knows? Or it might be something with um uh maybe Okada or so or Osprey. Who knows? But I want to get into some other stuff. There was some um stories that came out of this. A lot of headline news. The first headline news to come out is that number one, because of last year's events, the 48th anniversary show had to be canceled. So it did not take place. However, March 4th, 2021, the 49th anniversary of the New Japan show is going to take place. And I don't know what's going to be the, the matches, but in most cases, the main event match will feature the IWGP heavyweight champion and the junior heavyweight champion in a singles bout. If they do this how I think it might go, it's going to be Naito, excuse me, not Naito, I'm wrong. It's going to be Kota Ibushi versus Hiromu Takahashi in the um, the anniversary show. New Japan announced that they're going to be bringing New Japan Strong to England and the United States. They're going to broadcast it on regular broadcast television. So they're looking to put um, both those shows on um, English broadcast and U.S. broadcast. So they're committed to their expansion, to their Western expansion, and they're doing it with these TV deals now. So that's good. So New Japan Strong will be on, um, will be on American and U.S. television, and I think um, if it's possible, they might be airing World of Pro Wrestling. I'm not too sure, but I know it's definitely going to be New Japan Strong. Also, New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that they are going to release Strong Spirits, a mobile video game for Android and iOS cell phone devices. Um, it will be coming out soon, and it's going to be a global game, So, which means it's not going to be exclusive only in Japan, but it's going to be exclusive worldwide. It's going to be a worldwide release for every cell phone, and from what I've seen, or from what I've read, it's going to have the current roster, and it's going to have the legends of um, Japanese folklore wrestling. Um, they're going to be involved in the game, and it is going to be, I think it might be good. I hope that it'll be good, because um, it's been a while that there's been a good mobile wrestling game outside of the WWE games, um, and it's overdue. I think it would be a good format to see this um, game on your mobile devices. Now on to the big news. One of the big news that came out of Russell Kingdom is number one. Kota Ibushi is asking that the double crown championship becomes a single belt right now. He calls the 
IWGP Intercontinental the greatest belt. He calls the IWGP heavyweight the strongest belt. He says, when the belts are defended, no one is challenging for the Intercontinental Championship. No one's challenging for that in a singles match. There's no singles matches for the Intercontinental Belt, which was something that Naito was saying. I'm the double champion. I want to defend both belts. I don't care if it's both nights. I don't care if it's both belts, two different matches. I want to do that. But New Japan, you have to make a decision. Are you going to unify the title? Or is it just going to be the double championships and I could defend the titles separately? But apparently, each wrestler that has challenged for the title, all of the matches have been unification matches. So, I'm curious to know now, what New Japan is going to do to commemorate this idea? Are they going to continue to have Kota walk around with both belts? Or are they going to make a brand new championship belt which will have images to signify that the double crown is a belt that represents both titles. I would love to see how they would do that. I would love to see who would design the championship belt and what would it be called? Would it be called the IWGP Unified Heavyweight Championship? Or would it be the IWGP, the IWGP Double Crown title, similar like how all Japan has the Triple Crown Championship, where they kind of went back to using the old belts, but they also have um, the current title, which is significant because it has, it pays homage to all three of the PWF, the two NWA, um, international and um, yeah, the, PW, the international, the um, United National um, heavyweight titles. So I wonder what New Japan is going to do because this is a historical moment when it comes down to the belts. The last time that the belts were, that the belt, the IWGP belt was in a manner of significance, even though it's still the main belt, you have to go all the way back to 87 when they decided to take the tournament belt and make that the official title. When Brock Lesnar um, won the title and took the belt to Inoki Nome Wrestling and dropped the belt to Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle coming back and dropping the belt to Nakamura Shinsuke. And when Nakamura unified the NWF title along with it. So that was of the last bit of significance for the history of the of the IWGP, IWGP heavyweight titles. So they have to do something to where they can make that championship, even though it is prestigious, they need to do something to where the burden of carrying two belts to a degree um, means it is what it is. And the Intercontinental is absorbed into the IWGP belt. So it, it could just probably just be the IWGP heavyweight title. And then they can focus on developing the U.S. belt and the never open weight belt as the top tier singles heavyweight belts along after the double crown. Then they can focus on the junior belt because you have your junior belt, but the gateway between the heavy and the junior is the never, and then is the U.S. So you got to look at it like that to do it that way. So whatever they do with the belts, I would recommend uh, a unification, make a brand new belt. 
make it a unified title, the IWGP, or make it the undisputed IWGP heavyweight title. I think that would be good. It depends on what they do. And they absorb it right into the history of the belt, where, you know, right now I think they're about like 87 champions. No, I'm wrong. 72. So if they do it like that, I think that'll work. This is Kota Ibushi's first run as the IWGP heavyweight champion. This is his second run as the IWGP intercontinental champion. I'm going to run down his history for you. Not only is he the title holder for that, he's a two-time G1 Climax winner. I said three, but he's a two-time. He's a former never openweight champion. He's a former world tag team champion. He's a former junior heavyweight champion, former junior tag champion, and a former never six-man tag champion. And he's also a former New Japan Cup winner. Kota Ibushi has held everything in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's only two titles he hasn't held yet. It's the KOPW and the U.S. title. So, that's your story there with Kota Ibushi and my idea on what they, what I think they should do with the IWGP championships, the Intercontinental and the heavyweight title, or as you like to call it, the greatest and the strongest belts. So that's just like my take on it. And now, the headline news. At the end of the match, in the backstage um, comments, a delusioned, discombobulated, heartbroken, and then disappointed and angry, Switchblade J. White, in my opinion, cut a very ominous promo. Upset and disappointed that he is not the champion. Disappointed that he busts his ass really, real hard. And I'm just speaking verbatim right now. Jay White is stating that maybe he needs to take his talents elsewhere. Now, his contract is up February 8th. That's what he mentioned. His contract is up February February 8th. And he talked about the eight years he's left New Zealand to come to New Japan, become a young boy, join the dojo, work out hard, train hard, go through the system. Um go on excursion, you know, to Ring of Honor, Britain, and all these other places to make a name for himself as a professional wrestler, only to come back, win the titles, but yet not, you know, living up to his potential, and he feels that he's been given his all, he has given his all, and he's getting nothing in return. And one of the things he said is that just maybe I might need to go somewhere where they may appreciate my talents. So a lot of people are reading into a lot of that, especially where he says, just maybe I may need to go somewhere where people will appreciate my talent. So that goes on to state, he says, January 6th is New Year's Dash. New Japan is going to force me to be there. I'll be there. But that's going to be the last time you're going to see me. So, without going into a whole bunch of speculation, Jay White is upset and he's angry that he did not become the double crown champion. I think Jay White is going to take some time off. And I think that Jay White is going to come back collectively and I think that Jay White is going to emerge back to New Japan as I'm thinking as a babyface star for New Japan Pro Wrestling because right now you kind of got to switch up certain things because at the stage of the game when it comes down to 
the Bullet Club, there are a lot of logic gaps that are still actually not logic gaps. There are a lot of plot holes. A lot of there are a lot of plot holes that need to be filled. For example, there's an underlying tension between Jay White and Evil. Evil is poised to become a main star for the Bullet Club. And in order for that to happen, there's going to be a clash of interest between him and Jay White. There's also the matter of Kenta and where Kenta stands in all of this. Where do Chase Owen stand? Where does Fale stand? Yujiro and the Gorillas and ELP and Taji Shimori. So there's going to be a split within Bullet Club again. And Jay White has to be there for this. I see Jay White. Bouncing back from this. And if it goes the way that I think it goes. I would love to see Jay White. Win the 2021 G1 Climax. But I believe that spot. May be reserved for either. Naito. Or Sonata. Or Okada. That's just what I think. Or maybe Will Ospreay. Those are the guys I kind of see winning the G1. And I say that because. That will make sense. For, to have them. In that mix to. Become the number one challenger. For the IWGP championship. But Jay White belongs in this picture. And I'll state this. It's not to say that. I want to see Jay White jump ship. I want to see him go to AEW. I want to see him go to WWE. I want to see him go to ROH. See, wherever Jay White goes, Jay White's going to go where the bread is at. And if he follows the cash, he's also going to have to follow a place where they're going to allow the crowd to be in, in the arena. Now, when we heard speculations of Bullet Club members leaving, you know, we heard the, the big speculation about AJ when AJ left and he went to WWE and when Finn Balor left and went to WWE. It was a big deal. It was huge. It was huge, huge news. When Shinsuke left to go to WWE, it was big news. When Gallows and Anderson left, it was big news. And when Kushida left, it was big news. So my thing is, if Jay White leaves, wherever he goes is going to be big news. But I think that Jay White is working everybody at this stage of the game, and he's staying. I think Jay White is definitely staying. I think he's staying. He's not leaving. And the reason why is because, number one, Jay White right now is perfect in the New Japan system. If he goes to the WWE, he knows exactly what's going to happen to him when he goes there. Yeah, he's going to have a pretty decent push and all kind of whatnot. But when he goes there, are they going to rival him against Finn Balor in NXT? Or are they going to rival him against... Um, AJ Styles, if he was to go there and come to, directly to the main roster, are they going to put him and AJ against one another? It should, it would be interesting. Or, if he goes to AEW, does he pick up finishing off shit with Kenny Omega while Kenny Omega is doing the whole collector of belts persona right now as a cleaner? That's something to think about. Would JY fit in AEW? I think he would. I think he would fit in AEW. But personally, right about now, I think that Jay White is working everybody. And I think that Jay White is kind of going to go 
Rogue um, from Bullet Club probably distanced himself from Bullet Club. I don't see him joining hen- um, Huntai, about to say Hentai. I don't see him join Huntai, but and I, he's not going back. To, he's not going to Chaos, so we can forget that. But I see Jay White staying. He's going to take some time off. Excuse me. He's going to take some time off, and then he's going to come back. Engines refresh, charged anew, and he is going to feud within Bullet Club, and he is going to work his way up to becoming the Double Crown Champion. He's eventually going to win that title again, and if he does, his road is real simple. Either he wins the Cup, the New Japan Cup, or he wins the G1 Climax. That's what I see happening. And I would kind of like to see it that way. I would like to see Jay White win one of those two big singles heavyweight tournaments, which I know he would be a big fixture in. So I would kind of like to see that. Additional feuds that I see during um this whole the whole onset of what's happening with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kent is definitely winning the U.S. belt from John Moxley. He's going to do that. And then that's going to set for either Juice or Fit Finley or Hanare, maybe Tanahashi, maybe Naito to go after the U.S. title. Or Minoru Suzuki to go after the U.S. title. Or Jeff Cobb to go after the U.S. title. I forgot to throw him in. You got to throw him in there. I see big things for the Empire. While Will Ospreay will have a nice hold on the Red Pro British Heavyweight title, if he's going to ascend to the championships, I see Will Ospreay ascending to the Never Openweight title and challenging Shingo Takagi. I also see Evil in the mix of that as well. And I also see Juice... Maybe Chase Owens, because Chase Owens is definitely making some moves right now. Um, maybe um, Show, and I'm probably going to say um, maybe Kojima, probably on his last legs to go for that never belt. Maybe even Tanahashi on his last legs to go for the never belt. But I could definitely see Hinare going for that belt. Maybe even Yoshihashi stepping up and getting a crack at that belt as well too. Um, in a perfect world, I would love to see the team challenging um, G.O.D. for the tag belts. Definitely Dangerous Techers. I would love to see the Empire, Cobb and O'Karn. I can see them as the tag champs. Uh, Finn Juice, definitely. They're definitely at the top of the helm for the tag belts. Um, maybe there might be an upset. Tanahashi and um, Hanari might win the tag belts. Who knows? It's, it's a good chance for that. Uh, maybe um, Yoshihashi and Okada might go for the tag belts, but Okada's looking to get back into the heavyweight title picture. I can see that somewhere down the road. And as far as the heavyweight title, I mean, my, my lineup is simple. You got Sonata, you got Evil, you got Kenta, you got Naito, you have um, Okada. You know, those would be, I think, your guy, and Osprey. Those would be the guys that's going to be in the mix of the heavyweight division going for the heavyweight title. Now, as far as the junior, the junior title, the junior title right now, um, the division looks very strong. You got Rocky back. You got Tiger Mask back. You got um, Taji. You got El. Uh, you got El Fantasmo. You got Wato. You got Taguchi. You know, you have your you have um, Yuya Imura, um, as far as like juniors and stuff is concerned. You have a good amount of junior heavyweights. You got Show there as well. Um, and over in the U.S., you got the Leo Rush, you got um, Danny Limelight, um, you have 
so many um, light heavyweights, Tom Lawler, and so many others um, on um, the what should we call it the U.S. the U.S. promotion New Japan Strong. You got a strong junior division, so you got enough heads in the field for best of super juniors and top of the super juniors. I mean, um, best of super juniors and super J Cup. So you got a good feel for that. And lastly, my 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 breakout guy for the junior heavyweight title. He's in the picture too. So let's not count out um, Desperado. So that's how I see it. So ladies and gentlemen, that is my review of the 2021 Wrestle Kingdom 2015. I mean, excuse me, Wrestle Kingdom 15 for 2021. If you like this review show, please let us know what you think. Continue listening to us on your streams, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. Follow us on our social medias. And we thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. I'm Mark Morell, also known as Mark Knight, the king of kayfabe, as called by people in the E-Fed world, the most influential man in public access wrestling, as they called me back in the day, the renaissance man, and above all else, a purveyor of pro wrestling with my co-host, Dietrich Davis, the captain of the ship, a.k.a. Han Solo, a.k.a. King Boom I.A., a.k.a. the world boss, the watcher of wrestling, fans and none of you. You know how that goes. We out, ladies and gentlemen, and we will see you soon. Take care and have a good one.